a structure of mystical and alien origin, emanating particles of abstract perspectives and reflection into the expansive nightscape to those who know where to listen. This is Monolith Demythos, the Monstro Studio Podcast. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to episode eight of Monolith Demythos, the Monstro Studio Podcast. I am Manuel, and we have here once again Trace Bells. Hey, what's up? What's up? Not much. What's going on with you, other than your new song coming out? Oh, uh, or well, is already out? I yeah, just remembered now. Yeah, we already... should probably talk about it. Yeah, it came out. Um, it's called Mystifying, and. Mm-hmm. Uh, I finally created a chorus on a song and I don't usually do that because it just makes the song longer. And yeah, I feel like nowadays once you create a, a chorus on a song, um, well, I, you don't have to go back to it unless it's going to be a smash hit in the club. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Then it's, oh, yeah. if it's something to repeat, then you can make a chorus, but it's a nice little, little band. Um, something that's banter. catchy too, you know? Yeah. But if it's just like these, you know, SoundCloud, rapping songs which is kind of yeah. is um, so it's a pretty it's a nice chant too yeah yeah and um you know it's actually probably one of my longest songs i think it ends mm-hmm. at three minutes but it does have yeah, like I... a 35 second intro but mm-hmm. and you always talk about how um uh you look at you pay attention to pop music uh rap music anything popular going out it's always yep. especially um soundcloud and spotify music club music it's getting shorter and shorter yes and for the past few songs you've done uh final fight arrival they like clucking around like two minutes at most if not mm-hmm. a minute and a half yeah that's uh so it's interesting to see a longer song coming from you yeah because uh you know if it's not on the radio even radios kind of shorten songs down too you know yeah um but most of the time music isn't made like it used to re-enjoy a full three to five minute song anymore mm-hmm. um the time span is so short on uh people these days especially when you make music you want to attack the youth the youthful age you mm-hmm. know the teenage the teenage because those are the ones that are going to be listening they're going to be the ones who talk about your music the most you know so their time their uh time or attention span i mean yeah attention span with the time span it's got to click with them if a song's mm-hmm. too long, they're not going to talk about it. It went over their head, you know. Mm-hmm. But uh, or, or it could be like some people I know that they only listen to songs for the beat. Yes, which oh, is the majority mention, of rap. I won't mention names, but yeah, yeah. it's majority of rap they don't, music they don't nowadays. Even, they don't even listen to the song, but um, I like where you've got it going and mystify because it is a really like. It is just like a fun kind of like just cho- uh, chorus, mm-hmm. like chants to uh, say over and over again. Yeah, it's, it's got a out. it's got a groove to it, you know. Mm-hmm. Even though it's a dark song, it's it's got a groove to it. It's not dark mm-hmm. lyrics. The I choose dark beats, but I lighten up the the beat with my lyrics, you know. Mm-hmm. It makes it and it, it gives it a balance of light and dark on the song. Yeah, so it's very very cool. Yeah, and uh, it's on Spotify. No. Yeah, yeah, it's on Spotify and iTunes and all those other media outlets or uh, music streaming outlets. And uh, nice. you just type in Trace Bells, T-R-E-Y space S-P-E-L-L-S. It's yeah. not on YouTube yet. I, I've kind of been 
slacking on YouTube because I've been so focused on the other stuff, which I think is kind of more important, you know, Spotify and all that. Like you want to get your songs on there and make sure they're on there first because, uh, you know, YouTube's not going to pay you for those views yet until you're like, you know, in the thousands. So, and it's just nice to open up Spotify and finally appreciate my own songs that I did, you know, and finally be on there. It feels kind of cool, yeah. you know. It only took a few years. So, and, you know, not all <laughs> of my songs are on there. It's making me go back and finding these producers and letting them know, like, hey, you got to buy the license to this beat now. I'm trying to make it more serious, stuff like that. So that's kind of a, yeah. that's kind of the 2020 Trey Spells is uh, making it more mature of what I've already done and which I kind of didn't do. I just kept making demos and demos and demos, you know? So mm-hmm. that's the stage we're in right now is maturing the Trey Spells. Hello, legit. Yeah. I dig it. So have you got, you got to get anything going on? No, nah, I can't say that I have. Mm. Nothing really interesting. Yeah. Just... And you can't go out and do much because it's too fucking hot here in Arizona. Mm. So it gets you a lot of uh, time to do projects, podcasts, songs, mm. anything. Unless you're kind of lazy like I am, just spends all the time watching YouTube and yeah, trying to get sleep. But that's the thing, though, in the summer, you're allowed to do it because it's too fucking hot to be outside. You don't want to dehydrate. Exactly. You don't want to sweat through your clothes like I'm doing it at work and it's so uncomfortable. You know, it's the way it is. So I guess I guess maybe that's why uh, this morning I was kind of just like, fuck it. I already have Xbox Live. So Mm -hmm. I'm going to look up the price for Game Pass and get it. Oh, and then I found that they had Ultimate Game Pass, which is both Xbox Live and uh, uh, Game Pass, and you get a uh, discounts too, right? Yeah, it's a it's yeah discounts, mm-hmm. and instead of paying ten bucks for Xbox Live and ten bucks for Game Pass, you mm-hmm. get it for fifteen, both for fifteen dollars a month, and the first month of Game Pass is one dollar. Oh wow! So that's pretty cool. That's the first month. Yep. You get for one dollar. Nice. That's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. You can't go wrong with that. Yeah, mainly I also got it too after I found out that Nier Automata is on it. Oh, okay. So have you started downloading that yet? Oh, yeah. It's downloaded now. I haven't started it yet, Mm. but I've been looking a lot into it. And without going too much into like spoiling anything, Mm -hmm. like the premise and all, it's fun. You got robots 10,000 years in the future fighting machines with katanas. Oh, nice. that's all fine and dandy, but then you actually get into the meta narrative of the game structure. Hmm. And as far as I'll get into it, mm-hmm. to play the full game, you have to play it three the whole thing three times. Yeah. Because with each playthrough, you get a different perspective on a different character, and mm-hmm. you play as them, and so you is get the... different sides of it, of the story. It... Oh, so so it's the same story, but different sides of the story. Yep. Okay, that's pretty interesting. Mm-hmm. That that will make somebody play a game over and over. Mm-hmm. You know. Yeah. Um, when you start playing that more, let me know. I will shoot yeah. on by. I want to see some of it play, being played. Sweet. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So have you already started again with it? Um, not yet. Again, not yet. Okay. Uh, I'll probably get to it later on tonight. Oh, all right. How long uh, does it take you? You think it'll take you to beat? I think like, like around eight hours. 
maybe well because i wanted to do try to explore everything mm -hmm. and get to a lot of the side quests so about eight hours per perspective yeah yep. awesome man well uh don't have to so uh, check that out when yeah, you play it that's what i got looking forward to cool honestly like i'm kind of wishing that there was more like movies to look forward to i know you've always been talking about like tenet yes how that keeps getting pushed back yes christopher nolan's next big movie mm -hmm. um god i forgot the original date i think it was supposed to come out early july um mm. then middle of july and then august 12th is what they set set their sights on for a while which is my birthday so you know yeah i prefer to come out on that day it's a wednesday mm -hmm. too which is kind of interesting mm -hmm. um and but, if they ever do open up the movie theaters again i'm pretty sure they will by august yeah i'd be i'd be totally down yeah hazmat face mask gloves san uh, sanitizing wipes in wear some uh throwaway <laughs> sweaters or something throwaway mm -hmm. clothes I'd, I'd i'd do it you know sit in a theater with like 10 rows of seats all around you empty which i would really prefer yeah i, I don't know what i don't want to sit in like a crowded theater i really wonder how they were gonna do that so i would like to know their game plan mm -hmm. on how sitting people obviously it'd be like i think they were gonna go by groups too like if yeah. you're in a group then you can sit next to each other if you're not in a group then it has to be spaced out yeah i feel like uh because i was trying to learn some of the rules uh with the disneyland rides that mm -hmm. opened up um i don't know if it was the florida one i think it was the florida one yeah i think it's just orlando open. you know florida don't care about nothing uh, yep. but uh i was learning how how they're doing stuff with their rides like everyone's separate unless you're in a group then you get to be together and stuff like that mm -hmm. so i think the movie rules would be a lot easier they just probably need more workers to organize this or type thing but then again they don't like you know the person that rips off your ticket like I know where my movie's at. You don't got to tell me if it's yeah. to the left or the right, you know, <laughs> that, that job right there can get people going. Mm -hmm. I don't want you touching my ticket. Yeah. So the movie theaters probably just have to redesign the way they do things. And they'll probably also be doing what they should have been doing for the get go. The whole time was clean out their theaters. <laughs> yeah. Sanitize all the seats oh, after yeah. each viewing. Yes. Get the steam cleaner on them seats. We'll see on uh, what happens, you know. Oh, yeah. But I'm hoping August 12th will be the date. For sure, for sure. And hopefully we'll have more of the independent theaters opening up, too. Because I, I do miss Film Bar. Oh, yeah, me too. And I miss the Alamo, even though I think it, they might have gone bankrupt or filed for bankruptcy in uh, Them too? the state of Arizona. Because I know AMC yep. was at that stage, right? Mm -hmm. Did you hear about AMC doing all that? Uh, I yeah. yeah, and I get, but I guess Alamo—they're just hightailing it out of Arizona. They want to stay. They want to stay in Texas, maybe California. Oh. Sucks too. They just opened up a new theater in Gilbert. I know, and all of them were so just nice. Yeah, and at least I got to go there a couple times. You want to get into some movies here that we uh, watched throughout these uh, scenarios of life? Yeah. So speaking of movies, what have you been watching, Trey Spells? Um, well, the first one I watched was a, um, a movie called Don't Worry, He Won't Get Far on Foot. And, it, uh, long title. Yeah. It's an interesting title. <laughs> Probably why it wasn't really talked about much. You know how like long titles don't get talked about much. Um, 
Mm-hmm. But but Walking Phoenix is uh, the star, and uh, you know I've been uh, trying to catch up with his movies lately, ever since I watched The Joker, because mm-hmm. I know I haven't seen yeah. a movie before The Joker in a while from him. So I was like, you know, I'm gonna catch up on some. So I watched a couple other ones too, but I'll get into that to another time. But um, I watched this one, and um, it's from 2018, so it's not even that old, and. Uh, mm-hmm. It's based on a true story about this uh, guy named John Callahan, and which he's like a cartoon artist, and he writes. So let me start off with uh, he goes to a party, meets Jack Black, and uh, Jack Black's there, and uh, he's the guy that they go to a party, and then they go to a bar, and then they on their way to another party, but then they end up hitting like a street pole or something. Uh, Jack Black ended up with no like two scratches. And then Walking Phoenix ends up being para- paraplegic. Is that how you say it? Yeah. Yeah. So, Paralyzed? Yes, from the waist down. So, mm. like, he has some arm strength, but not enough to even write with his hand. Damn. So, when he writes and when he got into cartoons, he had to use uh, his two forearms and put them together to draw these cartoons. So, I thought that oh, was kind of, yeah, I thought that was kind of interesting. And uh, I guess he made like really funny cartoons. He made racist cartoons and like, <laughs> but like good, good funny racist cartoons. And I, they yeah. would always be in the uh, newspaper and stuff like that. And uh, you know, and he goes to uh, Alcohol Anonymous because he's still struggling with alcohol, even though he's you know like that. And the uh, teacher is uh, Jonah Hill. So I thought that was kind of a it's kind of a weird cast. So um, interesting, yeah. So Jonah Hill is teaching him how to, uh, like, you know, better his life, and and Jonah Hill, man, he he's he really is a great actor. Over time, I'm starting to learn. Um, he he just really sells his his roles nowadays. Mm-hmm. Uh, he has pretty good range. Yeah, and I think he's just getting better. And the way he looks, it's just like every movie he looks so different. Yeah, like he gains weight, loses weight, grows a beard, loses a beard. Yeah, you know? I've been noticing that. So good on yeah. him yeah um so yeah he all the chemistry between the actors were great and um and you know and, and so it's based on true story too and uh I, I just thought it was a good movie um it, it's a good uh motivational movie i've been trying to watch true story movies lately i don't know why they just feel more real you know mm-hmm. i mean not that they weren't real but you know like the different uh inspiration you get from a true story movie Mm-hmm. Like, if, like it builds you up after the end of the movie like alright he went through some struggles and then after the movie's not, over you're like I want to do that so, not, not the kind of based on true stories might, like uh, The Haunting in Connecticut or <laughs> yes. The Strangers yeah. based on true events yeah nothing none of those stories where uh, uh, you're going to end up in death <laughs> <laughs> and uh, you know haunted the rest of your life this is where you're like at the shitty moments of your life and you know you can change it but you don't change it you need to find that motivation and, mm-hmm. um, so yeah it was a, a great true story and um, John Callahan is the, the real guy's name um, hmm. he died in 2010 I believe and Killer. yeah the cause of the death was just his uh, uh, respiratory system from being para- paraplegic so. Oh, that sucks. Yeah. Ooh, what a way to go. Yeah, he did almost make it to 60, though, so... 
he was very positive though at the you know he went to colleges and spoke about his life so it's not like he was you know miserable the whole time you mm-hmm. know that was more of the beginning of his life but then he turned it around he even uh he even went to um jack black the guy that got him into a car accident right because yeah. jonah hill said go you know go apologize to everyone in your life everybody mm-hmm. and see what difference he makes and it was really cool because i was like yeah you get rid of all your grudges and get all rid of all this stuff so he went to jack black the guy that you know caused them to be that way and uh that was an emotional scene i thought it was really yeah. good on walking exactly and it's a good message to have too because yeah a lot of people don't really understand right away that apologizing is not so much about um forget um forgiving them mm-hmm. letting them know they're forgiving, but it's about basically in a sense forgiving yourself just yes. getting that weight off of you so yes that's, that's what i meant to send out that's what i meant to say too he was forgiving himself he mm-hmm. was, you know um uh and the scene with jack black and him that forgiveness moment was really crazy mm-hmm. jack black uh, did a good job you know being emotional and uh a different a different acting than you're what you're used to because can you imagine yeah. like you cause an accident and you see this guy that you caused to be that way like how you're gonna feel and thinking about that the rest of your life and i would want to fucking kill myself right i I honestly don't know how would i would keep on living and i don't don't think i would go back to a normal life after that yeah and that's what uh that's what jack black was saying you know like he there was even a crying moment between him Mm -hmm. um because like when he first saw him he was like oh shit like Mm -hmm. you're here yeah like fuck so that was a great scene um yeah jack black is a really good uh just like jonah hill he's also a really um uh, versatile actor he has a lot of good range especially i want to say like one of the, the most serious roles i've seen him in was in bernie oh i love bernie. another another based on a true story yeah, i love that bernie movie mm-hmm. that was during the time where i wanted to be an embalmer or funeral director and I watched that movie. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> and I was like, look at this one man man over here. He was doing it all. He was meant for that. Mm-hmm. But yeah, that was a great range too of, of him acting in that. I'm surprised they, I just now realized they chose Jonah Hill and Jack Black, two comedians to play like more of a serious role. It's kind of interesting. Yeah. But, um, so yeah, that's, that's that movie. Um, IMDb gave it a 6.9 out of, out of 10 mm-hmm. i'm gonna just go round it up to a seven it was good nice. um it's not the most exciting movie but you know mm-hmm. th- what what else can you do with it you know mm-hmm. what i mean uh the guy was inspiring he got rid of the alcohol which is i know tough on a lot of people and uh mm-hmm. i like to watch more of those type of movies the inspirational true story mm-hmm. ones not the haunting in connecticut and uh, <laughs> shit like that <laughs> It's funny because I used to get excited for those. Like, oh, this is based on a true story. How fucking wicked. Oh, my God. How wicked, man. Uh, but, yeah, that's that movie. Um, so, you were telling me about a movie called Love that you watched. Yeah. Let's get into that one. Because what is love? Love is life. Yeah. Live, laugh, love. Yes. Talking specifically about Gaspar Noe's love. Yeah. And uh, Gaspar Noé is a really interesting director that I like to keep in mind, as well as on the lookout for whatever he's doing next. And 
I was um all oftentimes uh like while I'm watching a movie, like I'll uh message other people or go into group chats. Uh going over talking about what I'm seeing. Cause I just wanna get I'm all about right now just trying to get my friends to watch the craziest shit I can find. I feel like I've done a pretty good job over the years of that. Oh yeah. That's, especially with uh, you. I think all the time. It. You won't mm-hmm. you won't find a, a basic generic movie for us to watch. Mm-hmm. And if you and you won't even like uh what do you call that? You won't even like uh it'll be maybe a couple months too without you mm-hmm. suggesting a movie if you have to. If we have to wait, we have to wait. You won't give mm-hmm. us some garbage ass bullshit. You give us the mm-hmm. real deal. And uh Guessman always love like forever for whatever reason it was one of those movies where I'll keep on the back burner, even though I really like the director, I love all his other movies. Uh I guess just because the time it came out, um it definitely would not have gone into theaters because of how just graphic and it's a third if not half of the movie is just hardcore porn but yeah in but it's it's hardcore porn which if they were to make it like this like people i don't think people would be aroused by it by it because it's um it's shot with really nice cameras uh really great cinematic lighting which is you know something you're not used to it still gets up close but it also at times it can get up too close like that snapchat i sent you where it's just straight on the guy's hard dick as she's jerking him off and it shoots right into right into the camera and i actually got pretty upset halfway through watching it because (laughs) i realized that when it came out in at least at the Cannes film festival Mm-hmm. I'm not sure if it even. This is another reason, not just because half of it's porn, and the movie would have been X-rated, so getting theater distribution would have been a nightmare in the United States. Probably, but yeah. Also, because it was originally released in 3D. Did oh you know wow! About that? I didn't know about that. That's interesting. So when it came out, it was originally called um, Love in 3D or Love 3D. Uh huh. And. So I'm pretty sure the whole movie was shot with 3D cameras as well. So you have these nice, like, long takes. Each scene is, like, one long one long shot, one take. Just one angle. It, the camera hardly ever pans. It's always just straight on, either moving backwards or forwards or side to side. Yeah. But it never, like, tilts or pans. Not often. Yeah. And then... It, it kind of starts off like that so the movie's kind of slow and honestly that's another reason why I feel like watching the movie you can't really get aroused from all the sex going on is because it, it drags on it I does. was actually getting kind of bored watching a lot of the sex scenes they were but however, long, the movie, right? what up? you said the, the, the sex scenes are dragging on right? yeah Yeah. I, I remember when I was watching it uh, I was watching it with uh, one other roommate and I'm just kept looking. Like, was this like five minutes now? <laughs> the, <laughs> the same scene. Like, I would have been in bed by now. <laughs> yeah. I was, and and she put this movie on. It was a girl, and I was just like, um, mm-hmm. I was like, have you seen this movie before? And she's like, no, I have not. I was like, okay. I try to make conversation during the sex scenes. 
That's how long they are. You can get a mm-hmm. couple topics out. <laughs> but yeah, luckily the movie uh, it's it the movie is interesting because it has this um, style, this nature of it that it's going for, but it also knows how to adapt as it goes along. So you're never actually bored. Like yeah. I want, like I, I'll say the scenes drag on, the sex scenes drag on, but um, over time it does actually change camera angles. Mm-hmm. I want to say it starts off. Um, uh, I would say like the first act is like it uh, cuts to a new scene, so each scene is one shot, and then the second act cuts on a beat. Which is a beat is like a change in tone, a change in mood. So mm-hmm. at first the, the conversation is, and the dialogue in the movie is also really good too. Uh, the conversations are yeah. kind of like start off happy, and then it cuts, and then now they go into like a more serious, um, ang- like a angry, sad tone, whatever. Yeah. And then the third act it gets a little more frantic. The way that it the movie. Uh, holds on to these shots and it doesn't cut away for a really long time you start to notice some things especially with the sex scenes how it's trying to tell its story because I'll bring it up time and time again it's not the story that you tell but how you tell it is what I'm more interested in Yeah, movies whether you know it or not whether you want it to or not every single moment every single item in the frame the way that people are positioned the movements uh it's all planned it it all has purpose every single detail has a reason for it you don't have to dissect it all in order to enjoy something but it's also but it's still fun to point some things out one of the things i noticed especially uh for anyone I i obviously recommend watching the movie when you check out try and look at uh how people are positioned when they're having sex mm-hmm. the first half everybody is kind of pointing towards the right mm-hmm. they say that the hero's journey the hero's journey goes from left to right mm-hmm. so that means you know things are good then like when they start introducing another girl in it they're everything's centered kind of in the middle but there are still some shots pointing to the right yeah but then in the later half of the movie when the relationship starts to get rocky the sex becomes a little more monotonous kind of just like you know we're trying to be happy so we have to keep fucking in order to be happy with each other that's yeah. when everybody starts pointing to the left oh wow and once you hear this you're gonna start noticing it everywhere i feel that, like um i feel like yeah i'm already gonna start now mm-hmm. that whenever like someone is looking to the left side of the screen or they're they're like facing it or they're facing the left side of the screen they're usually um in the wrong or they're um, stuck mm-hmm. in something that they don't like. They're like trapped. And that's essentially what the movie is telling you like psychologically. Mm. Wow. Mm-hmm. I and never, then this is, I love those kind of things. I never looked at it that way. Mm-hmm. That's interesting. But now that you've heard of that, you are going to start looking at it that way. And yes. I kind of realized too right now, I have it. Uh, even got into what the story is about which but i don't really need to because it's not it's honestly not so much what i'm interested in because i'm really more interested in talking about how the story is told and yeah it also there's just uh i brought up earlier i got upset 
when I realized the movie used to be in 3D because I feel like <laughs> it would have really benefited from it being a 3D because it still has those um, uh, like funny like you know like haha there's a dick like pointing right at you on the screen it's right in your face yeah and stuff like that like every every 3D movie has that gimmick but good 3D movies especially when they're filmed in 3D mm-hmm. it creates a an incredible sense of depth to yeah. where you feel like you're in the same space you're in the same room as the characters so you're with them when they're having an argument you're with you're with them when they're fucking for 5 minutes straight yeah you're Maybe. with them through everything and even like um, like really intense polarizing moments that Gaspar Noe is like really well known for and like he's like one of the few like directors who has like moments in movies that makes me think oh god I am just uncomfortable right now I hardly yeah. get that feeling anymore yeah that's how I feel when you show me any movie from you <laughs> <laughs> from one of the title from one of your titles that you showed me and yeah that's kind of like mostly I wanted to talk about on the movie um, love yeah about love um, uh, this I can I'll, there's not really too much else I guess just story wise um, it was an engaging kind of love triangle kind of story. Mm-hmm. Though you so though you start to um, hate on the main character more and more, justifiably hate the main character. Mm-hmm. Like at least he somewhat has that redeeming mark, even though, like at the end, is probably like one of the most like polarizing, implica- implied moments in film that I've ever felt. Yeah. And I don't want to spoil it. I don't want to ruin it for everybody, especially for you, because I because I want you to watch it again. And like, because oh, no. do you remember what happens at the very end of the movie? Like the very end, within the last minute, before um, they start rolling the credits. I I remember a bathtub. Mm-hmm. Uh, was that in the end? Yep. Um, but um, I think that, that's all. That's all you, you could as far as you can go with it, though. That's as far as I'll let you go with it. I like to see it in three D. <laughs> That'd be great. <laughs> I'd watch it again like that. That'd be interesting. Mm-hmm. I would love to like find anywhere to see it in 3D. Mm-hmm. Love 3D. Yeah. And um. So uh, yeah. you want to do the rating for it? Yeah. So this also so this came out in 2015, five years ago. Um, oh. 6.1 out of 10 on IMDb. Mm-hmm. Would you like Can't to give it? That. Like to give it. Bump it up all the way to an eight. All right, a nice eight. Mm-hmm. Um, I did want to ask you last question. Um. Yes without getting into the movie climax or into the void because those were the other two movies i seen mm-hmm. um where do you where do you stack number one being the better version of these three since you've seen those two also i know climax is the latest one enter the void was the first one enter the void was the first one we saw i think mm-hmm. the second of gaspar noe's movies and yeah. Love is still good, but I definitely want to put that at third. Me too. And I was going to really, go with that, but third too. Yeah, and it's hard to say where to. Do you want to hear my, mine first? Yeah, uh, even though I, I kind of have it already in mind, I think we might agree. But you go ahead and you say yours first. Uh, it's such a tie. Um, the reason I have to go with climax first is mm. because. Maybe because I was seeing it in theaters and I had my mm-hmm. full attention and like, mm-hmm. 
I was just gripping my chair the whole time. Yeah. Because it was just constant things happening. You couldn't mm-hmm. look away for a second or you're going to miss a whole part. You couldn't go to the bathroom for like for a second. Mm-hmm. But then again, it's like it's hard to compare the two because Enter the Void was your movie movie type. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like it, it was a lot better than uh, Love to me. Enter the Void was just such a crazy experience. I, it's like um, just I want to say if uh, Irreversible mm-hmm. was it Gaspar Noe's magnum opus, mm-hmm. which is like, you know, his big uh, hit. Yeah, which I, we, uh, I would say Edge of the Void would have been his magnum opus. Which I still need to check out, that one. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's on uh, Prime. I, I can always check oh, it, it out on there. Yeah, you can rent Hell it. Hell yeah. Three ninety nine. Okay. Let's do it. Check it out on Prime. Hell yeah. That is... Uh, I say his name again. Gasper. Gasper Noe's Love. It's on Netflix. Everybody should definitely check it out. Maybe by yourself... Yeah, you might like want to. You might want to find somebody that, uh, or if you're gonna, if you are gonna watch it with other people, mm-hmm. make sure that you know you're all comfortable uh, yeah. watching just tons and tons of sex going on, and yep. they're not hiding anything either. No, they're not. It's all in your face. It's mm-hmm. really in I'm your su- face. I'm surprised that it's it's even on Netflix, but it is a yeah. work of art. As yeah pornographic as it looks uh contextually you know it really doesn't uh get you aroused maybe at first but then you're just like oh wait maybe i shouldn't maybe i should calm myself down before we start getting freaky with each other (laughs) (laughs) speaking of sex polarizing sex scenes Mm -hmm. we have our topic movie of the episode which is Lars von Trier's Antichrist. Yes. And don't get the title wrong. It's not what you think. Mm-hmm. Well, it could be what you think. But it's in, in a way you wouldn't think. Devilish in its own way. Yes. More, con- uh, the context of it, it goes more into, it does go into the ideologies of evil. What mm-hmm. is evil? Who is evil? It is a slower burn. Mm-hmm. It literally starts with slow motion. A lot slow. of uh, I want to say that this started a what a lot of newer Laws of films are doing, which is use phantom cameras to shoot certain scenes and certain mm-hmm. shots. Now, what's a so phantom you, camera? It's a it's a digital camera that is able to shoot at ten thousand frames per second. Okay, so is that like the slow motion scenes that we kind of saw? Exactly. Which I thought were brilliant. They were very, they're enjoyable watching. It's not your regular slow motion, which Mm -hmm. is what I've learned, right? Because like when we first put it on, I think the first scene was like that, right? With the shower Mm -hmm. scene? Yep. So So everything was on black and white. All the, everything in the shot was crisp. It knew what it wanted you to focus on. Yeah. And not only that, there was so much detail in what it wanted you to focus on. And that's how I knew something was different. Something was Mm -hmm. different about this film by seeing that one scene. Especially in repeated viewings. When you watch it again, you realize there are a lot of details in the opening uh, prologue scene that Mm -hmm. come into play later on. I was even pointing stuff out to you, which, um, 
like the uh, the shoes, the placement of the shoes, and um, there's also little statues of uh, despair, grief, and pain, which ended up being the names of the chapters, like two, three, and four. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's funny about the shoes when you said, "Oh, pay attention to the shoes; they'll mean something later." I'm just thinking, mm-hmm. uh, what the hell would that be used for? But then mm-hmm. the the sense of it made so much more sense later on. Oh yeah, the context. So there's actually a lot going on. Like, a lot more than you realize. I can't really say the same thing for the rest of the movie. Because from what I understand, Lars von Trier uh, made Antichrist when he was in a really depressed uh, state of mind. And that kind of, that led on to uh, Melancholia, which I uh, brought up uh, an episode or two ago. Yeah. As well as Nymphomaniac. Uh as I think he calls it the depre- I think he calls it the depression trilogy. Mm-hmm. I always hear other people calling it. I'm not sure. So it's three Pretty movies. Sure. The yeah, the three movies: Antichrist, Melancholia, and Nymphomaniac. Uh, Nymphomaniac though was um, I thought there was uh, more than one of those, right? It's two volumes, but that makes it one movie. Oh, okay. Okay. Cool. Kind of like Kill, like kinda like Kill Bill. Yep. Okay. Exactly. Do you think like Willem Dafoe knew what he was getting into going to this movie? Um, Antichrist. I don't think he does, but knowing the age that he's that he did, or the, mm-hmm. knowing the age that he is when he did this movie, and plus mm-hmm. um, all the work he's already done, I don't feel like he has anything to prove. I think he just, I think he's just having fun at this time. Yeah. Um, but then there is again where some older actors do choose certain films mm-hmm. and maybe he just has a mind where he wants to choose he wants to go further you know how like Nicolas Cage is even going further in his mm-hmm. like he'll he'll set himself back maybe a movie mm-hmm. like he'll make Mandy and then he'll make something yeah. like uh, Primal where he's a you know uh, a, a tiger hunter you know what I mean yeah. and then he goes back into a movie where he's making color out of space you know, and then yeah. he goes back to a regular movie. It's like I wonder if that's what he goes into what, a movie where he's a janitor at an amusement park fighting off animatronics. Exactly. I I'm think still, I'm just still a, looking forward to that, but me too. <laughs> it, it just sounds weird, but uh, yeah. uh, I feel like Will End Up Foe is in that same category as uh, Nicolas mm-hmm. Cage. He's not as wild, but I think he could be wild if he mm-hmm. if he let himself out more. You know what I mean? Yeah. If he had the opportunity to do that type of scene, if he can go Green Goblin on everybody. Yes, on everybody. He he could, he should have done that from the very beginning with Charlotte Gainsbourg, but he had to save it for the end. She could, I mean, when she starts doing shit to him. I mean, the lines that he had uh, in Spider Man uh, was very Nicolas Cage type lines yeah, yeah, yeah. and acting. Like, wait, what? Why did you say it that way? <laughs> <laughs> I think that's just Sam myself. <laughs> so, uh, uh, Willem, still Willem Dafoe, like he. Yeah, he, you and, you give him something to work with, and he. I can't say that I've ever heard a bad performance from him. Right, and um, of course we love the 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 lighthouse. That was um, that was perfect that he was in. Yes, I feel that like was um, impeccable. Well, obviously the lighthouse was way after, right? Oh yeah, yeah. So we could see where he keeps going from now. Mm-hmm. Like uh, I'm sure after he watched that movie, he's like, "Oh shit, I'm gonna get more into these type of movies, these weird yeah. movies." I think Robert Pattinson too. He's probably like, I want to step out of my zone. I want to step out of my character. I exactly. Think that's what, I think what's more actors should do. Mm-hmm. Uh, he hated Twilight so much 
he yeah. had to he had to go into he it did took him good like times five to six movies to forget about it mm-hmm. but back to uh antichrist here um it's funny because when you think of also the title you think of like religion and which mm-hmm. is not too much into it right it's like uh mm-hmm. it's very soft about it but then again it does escalate without having to get like it doesn't get into the bible yeah he's like a therapist and he's going over a grieving Charlotte Gainsbourg after the death of their son. She's kind of like trying to figure out, kind of like poke her brain on um, kind of to get her out of this kind of this funk. Yeah. And asking her, like, what's your greatest fears? And she brings up um, the cabin or the forest. Yeah. And also going to the cabin in the woods, which I guess is like from like either a relative owned it. But um, they call it Eden. Mm hmm. And also, she brings up... Which is a that, reference to probably Garden of Eden, I'm yeah. guessing. It's like paradise, supposedly. And yeah. she also brings up... Uh, if you think about it, too... Uh, mm-hmm. uh, sorry to interrupt, but... If you think about it, too, when they bring up Eden, it's almost like this movie has a male and female only, basically, mm-hmm. right? And yeah. just like the Garden of Eden story is just Adam and Eve. So it's almost like an Adam and Eve story too, like a dark twisted version of it. Like they try yeah. to have a kid, but she fucked it all up, you know. Mm-hmm. But anyways, yeah. Sorry. There's that, and then also she brings up her greatest fear was um, the devil, but that also changes too because it comes from like forest to the devil to uh, nature. Mm-hmm. It's just all over the place, and. Also, to kind of go back to what I was saying earlier, uh, Lars von Trier was making this movie. He was in a depressive state. Like the begin, the the beginning prologue was more straight, streamlined. It told more about what was going on and what was going to happen. But once we go into the movie, everything is kind of going on seemingly without so much reason. And I think that's where. Lars von Trier tapped into more uh, of his id. That's kind of how I feel like he did the rest of this movie because we get a lot of crazy imagery. We get the deer uh, giving birth to the dead fetus. That leaves a lot of questions, but also a lot to be interpreted. Yeah. Because it's not very clear on exactly what the movie is going for. But it's not messy either. Yeah, it does definitely have have it definitely does has some things to say. Yeah, as well as mainly kind of from what I get that even Charlotte Gainsbourg brings it up this in, early in the movie. Uh, you can't be a therapist can't treat their own family relatives. I imagine it would not go well at all because mm-hmm. it's clear as the movie goes on. She goes from being depressed to where she can't even move she even has issues walking on grass barefoot Willem Dafoe has to help carry her across from one stone to the next Mm. and then there's also scenes where she's able to kind of carry herself she's um, more clear minded and then the next uh, she starts going insane and uh, bashing Willem Dafoe over with a 2 by 4 oh yeah (laughs) Yeah, there was a lot of uncomfortable uh, scenes that were happening there. You can't really tell where the story is going. There's right. no, it's not really uh, a and I set love that. structure. I lo- 
I love non-predictable movies. Yeah. Which are all the movies that you show me. Mm-hmm. I have no idea what the fuck's about to happen. Mm-hmm. I, I felt eeriness throughout most of the movie and also um, dirtiness too, you know? Yeah. Well, I felt dirtiness more towards the end. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. That's like not just that they're hanging out in the cabin in the woods. Yeah. Uh, like the nature is kind of uh, overcoming them. You have mm. um, the acorns falling on top of their tin roof. Kind of just... Yeah. Kinda, like piercing your ears and also uh willem dafoe he has he wakes up with his hand covered in ticks mm-hmm. that's really gross self-mutilation is also as well it's like one of the few things in movies that'll get me to feel something is um self-mutilation that's i think that's why i love the saw movies so much because a lot of the times they have to uh cup themselves open or uh, the first uh, one? they're in some sort of brace that you know puts them in a lot of pain that they need to try to unlock themselves out of yeah um it's just one of those few things that actually gets me feeling uncomfortable and yeah it's hard to find that in movies for me going into those scenes especially at the end you said you were you said that they were probably the two most scarring uh like moments in movies if you've ever seen uh (laughs) yes they were (laughs) Um, and people don't know what we're talking about uh one scene uh is involves uh two by four and bloody mm-hmm. ejaculate that's right bloody ejaculate the uh and the, the two- other scene involves well, well, let's, talk about, scissors. let's talk about one at a time um, all right all right the the two by four to the to the balls mm-hmm. wasn't well the thing was i think he was hard too at the time i think they were about yeah. to do it they were about yeah. to have sex right I think they're about to have sex. He got hard, and all of a sudden, I forgot what happened after that. They just started fighting, and then it led to uh, her just being getting wild. And by the way, we're at the we're at a scene where this is where the movie really starts to take a curve. Yeah. Um, like they try to argue here and there, mm-hmm. but it just ends up in sex, which we yeah. saw earlier a couple times. Mm-hmm. But then this time they try to do it again, but then that arguing and sex thing did not work out this time that mm-hmm. ended up being a uh, two by four into the balls of william mm-hmm. and the foe and uh he took it like a champ not really <laughs> just so passed not- right out which is hope which is a good thing that he did yes and uh so it knocked him out and uh apparently he's still hard because mm-hmm. the movie made us realize that and uh she basically gets on top of him and finishes him off Yep. And not only does he finish his off, but uh, that was not sperm coming out of there. Oh no! Or or could have been, <laughs> could have been sperm mixed, it, it, mixed with blood. <laughs> I'm very confused. What? You don't see that every day. Yeah, you don't see that every Hope day. You don't see it ever. But yeah, that was uh, that was that scene. Uh, yeah. Bloody ejaculation. It also kind of like brings up again, like she is just like highly like in this state of just manic and depressing depressive manic and depressive and mm-hmm. it's like you kind of realize that yeah that's really the root of her of like that's her deal that's the real root of her uh, mental issues is that and she's not getting it any help from going out to this forest what she really needs is a competent like therapist a competent psychiatrist not willem dafoe and yeah. also 
uh, proper medication and uh, hopefully she could have like lived a normal life after mm-hmm. everything that was going on uh, or really just after the death of her son but she never got that no she didn't, she didn't and even res- then like after all the fucked up horrible shit that she did to her son just that kind yeah. of like overlooked like untreated uh, men- uh, mental uh, state of mind yeah but I don't think it's on streaming anywhere but I would I would recommend picking up the Criterion Collection uh, Blu-ray or DVD which is what I have I have the Blu-ray yeah. that's what we watched it on get that shit in your collection show mm-hmm. your gro- show your girlfriend <laughs> did you want to talk about that other scene or uh did we pass uh, that we, part? We, can, we can go we can skip over it we, we didn't okay i forgot i forgot to bring it up but. that's okay maybe it wasn't meant to be <laughs> maybe. um there's well, another... we'll save it for anybody for like it'll be a, it'll be a nice surprise yeah so for uh, anybody that watches there's it. <laughs> another scene that's just as bad as the uh, ejaculating blood part it's not worse um it's yeah if not worse it's just right up there i think All we're right. ready to rate it that's antichrist uh it's got a 6.6 out of 10 um do you want to rate it first 6.66 out of 10 i know that's what i was thinking too <laughs> six point it would six be out of six. <laughs> it would be a 6.6 6, though it, it would try to get as close as the sixes as it could mm-hmm. <laughs> they're like oh we can't add that extra six mm-hmm. um but yeah, 6.6 6 out of 10. What do you want to go for it? You want to rate it first or you want me to rate it first? I'll go ahead and rate it. Okay. Round it out to a 7. Maybe a 7.5, but I'm fine with just a 7. All right. 7. Um, man, these are the type of movies that make it hard to judge, like rate what a movie is and what it shouldn't be. Mm-hmm. And you know what I mean? Yeah, it's almost like, like... I, could, I could probably help out by explaining my side. Okay. The uh, the movies that I like to rate higher up are ones that really kind of get me going. They get me in a certain mood. I'm just like, yeah, I'm watching this. I'm like, just, I'm down to watch this. Not necessarily, you know, it could be, it could be like a good feeling or a bad feeling, but still, I'm invested in it. Usually, the mm-hmm. things that'll help me with that are like narrative structure great impeccable cinematography and great music mm-hmm. while um it had the antichrist had like amazing um amazing cinematography uh it was like a little lacking in story mm-hmm. uh and um before the whole there was still like you know performed like brilliantly by both charlotte gainsbourg and willem dafoe as well as you know Music, like, I don't really remember much of it. I just remember, like, high-pitched noises and um, that one um, opera lady singing that song that I can't pronounce the name to. Oh. oh. Like, they weren't, like, it wasn't bad. Definitely far from it, but it just wasn't, like, I can't, it doesn't get me, like, I don't feel the same kind of excitement watching Antichrist as I do watching something like Phantom of the Opera or uh, Scott Mm -hmm. Pilgrim vs. the World or The Holy Mountain. Um. Well, with all that said, you gave it a seven, right? That's right. Um, I'm gonna have to go with the seven too. All um, right. I I was thinking more of a seven and a half, just because I'm probably gonna remember this film for mm-hmm. for certain things mm-hmm. for quite a while, and uh, definitely remember certain points of it. 
And, yeah. Uh, not exactly. I wouldn't even call it a guilty pleasure, which is what I usually rate like a, a six. Mm-hmm. This this was beyond your uh, human like thinking type thing. <laughs> how uh, how the how the way people look at uh, yeah. relationship because it's um, definitely it's definitely a, a subconscious kind of movie. This was not a happy relationship even throughout the whole movie. Oh no! <laughs> and there there was never really any happy scenes. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, yeah. So if anybody wants to have a bad time, should definitely check out Antichrist by Lars von Trier. Or interesting time. Mm-hmm. Interesting bad time. Wraps it up for you. I, f- I say that wraps it up for me. Yes. All right. Very exciting stuff we saw mm-hmm. this past week. I dig yeah. it. <laughs> me too. So, interesting. Yeah, thank movies. you, everybody, for listening in. And be sure to check us out next time for more weird movies that make us confused and <laughs> just yes. like why but also just yep never <laughs> never know what mashups we're gonna get yes Where so yeah thank you all for listening thank Check you us out next time you have a good one